All right, you know what time it is. It's time to get back to the Managing Your Financial Future podcast. My name is Ray Lucia Jr. And I'm Joe Lucia. So, Joe, like this is this is a podcast that's really the essence of what we're all about. I was actually reading an article this past weekend, and it was talking about the five fears that those in retirement or approaching retirement have. It's things that we think about. But, you know, we want to discuss those a little bit today and then get into some planning strategies on, on how we could help alleviate some of those fears. So number one was investment losses. Obviously, the market goes up and down, and sometimes you can lose money. And it's stressful. I get it. Number two, a catastrophic health event. It's something that you, you can't control, but you certainly can plan for it. Number three, cuts to your Social Security. Doesn't well, happen often. But it could. Yeah, I think some people are worried about whether or not the government actually cuts the actual Social Security. We, we've talked in the past about spouses and one spouse dying and you know be, being left with actually net less dollars because of that event. You know, So, yeah, I, I, I get that. There's some fear out there. Uh, number four, inflation eating away at their spending power. Obviously, a million dollars today spends a lot differently than it did in 1980. And number five... And I think this is this is the main one, the focus. People just outliving their savings, just running out of money before they run out of time. And I think that, that one is the essence of really all of them. How do you navigate through all sorts of life events, achieving different financial planning goals or not achieving them, and living all the way through without running out of money? I mean, all these fears kind of just drives to that core essence of, well, what happens if I didn't work long enough? I didn't save enough. I made mistakes with my investing along the way that cost us some money. A uh, spouse passes prematurely and I didn't do proper planning for it by, with having life insurance coverage. College education costs are higher than you, you expected. Some things that, that are just unique to everybody, which is why we do this podcast, Joe. Right? This is the core of what financial planners do for their clients. There's all sorts of things out there, that, that curveballs that get thrown at you, and we're here to help. Well, we like to say life happens, and you got to plan for the unexpected. And even with proper planning, things could still happen. That's why talking to a financial advisor, brainstorming different ideas about you know what your goals are are for the future and your goals for your family and goals for yourself. And you're right, Joe. And some people say our job is to plan for the worst and hope for the best. But here at Lucia Capital Group, we like to say we plan for the best and be prepared for the worst. And so when you're preparing for the worst, that's where all these solutions come in. So all this fear, Joe, it, it comes from not knowing you have a way out. And the good news is, is there's options out there. And that's what a financial advisor does is help you navigate through all these potential options to help address those fears along the way. And with that, let's turn it over to Rick the Professor Plum and Johnny Dean. It's been almost two decades we've been on this journey to educate, liberate, and help you take action so you may better manage your financial future, achieve peace of mind, and accomplish your life's purpose. This podcast reveals financial tips, strategies, and insights that will help you set your goals and guide you along the way to help you achieve them. This is Managing Your Financial Future, brought to you by the advisors at Lucia Capital Group. I'm your host, Johnny Dean, with our own Rick the Professor Plum, Chief Financial Planning Officer. It is Managing Your Financial Future podcast time. 
Johnny Dean here, Professor Rick Plum standing by. You know, Professor, uh, we talk about fears. I, I don't know this. You know, this podcast tries to. I, I, I don't want to, you know, dwell on people's fears, but at the same time, people have them about money, about running out of money, about health care, about you know, and, and we've talked about these things in the past, ways to to alleviate those fears. But this is really kind of what this podcast is about. I think it's about sort of. I don't know, not getting rid of the fears, but telling people that you have options that may get ri- may may at least help, I don't know, calm some of those fears. Well, a lot of what we do as financial planners is revolving around risk management. Yeah. Risk is, which risk are we talking about? The ones that you're most afraid of. And so how do we alleviate those fears? Yeah, planning really is about risk management when you get down uh-huh. to it. I mean, it's not so much, you hear about, you know, getting the greatest rate of return. You know, I can get 10% per year. I got 15. You know, that guy only got eight. I mean, <laughs> none of that matters because you're going to have down years and there's nothing you can do about them. And nobody can predict the right no. Stock to have at any moment, every time. But at the same time, that's people's fear that I'm going to go jump into the stock market or I'm going to do something and I'm going to be retired and I'm going to retire right as the stock market takes a big dive. I mean, you've heard this all the time. Right. And some people fear that they're going to miss out on a return. They run both sides of it. They're afraid of losing money, but they're also afraid of missing out on a great return. <laughs> and it's and David admit you know, like yeah I know this is a problem because I can't have it both ways. Well, but what you find is that the the, the pain of losing is far greater than the joy of winning for for a lot of people. Yes, well, unless you've got something backing you up where you can afford to take that risk. Well, that's exactly it. You have some sort of guarantee, is what right. you're saying. You're either you know have parents that are ultra wealthy that you're going to inherit money from. Well, exactly. Or you've got a great pension that you know you're not going to lose. And so the money is almost like gambling money. And well, that's a matter true. Of missing it, is. Out. it is. So I think Ray had mentioned and, and Joey had mentioned some of these fears. I'll run down them here for you. Uh, the, the, uh, just, just five of them that, that people seem to fear. Investment losses, no particular order. Investment losses, there's a fear. Catastrophic health event. Huh, that happens. Yep. Cuts to Social Security. That's um, okay. That's that's a fear. I know people are worried about it. I don't. I don't know if we want to get into the issue there, but I don't think it's going to happen. But I don't think it is either. They they threatened it a few months ago, but I don't think anything's going to happen uh, on that. Inflation eating away at their spending power. People are afraid of that, yeah. I guess. And then outliving their savings. All right. Now, outliving their savings means running out of money. Right. It's basically outliving their ability to withdraw money. Not, exactly. It's not outliving. That I, you know, that I'm not going to have a hundred thousand dollars when I die, or a million dollars, whatever. It's outliving the fact that I don't have a dime and I'm still alive. I'm still alive. <laughs> well, that's exactly what it is. Running out of money, and that's you know. And here's the thing, Rick. When you think about it, those other four categories of fears and concerns, right? The investment losses, major illness, social security cuts, inflation. These are all kind of a a, a, a subcategory of running out of money. When you think about it, because right. if you knew for certain that you had all the money that you need, all the income that you need to meet, like you said, to meet your spending needs and you could never outlive your savings, would you care about any of those other things? If you had an issue where you could never outlive your income, either because you have pensions and social, even you have you're saving money because you have so much income coming in. Now, yeah. that's not the majority of people, but no. there are some people. No. Uh, then the rest of those 
things don't really matter that much. They don't matter at all. Well, I mean, the catastrophic health care could eat into your monthly needs. Yeah, but if I have some sort of guarantee that makes sure that that's Right, but if I have enough money to meet my needs right now, and then I throw on a huge bill on top of that, well, yeah, that could be a problem. So this is why we talk about planning. It's why we talk about strategy and risk management. We said planning is about risk management. Yes, it is. And if you've managed each of those risks, Uh and some of them you can lump together... Or, or and, and something like long-term care. We've talked about the long-term care thing in the past. Catastrophic health care stuff. Catastrophic health care, long-term care, things like that. You really don't have to worry about all this other stuff. So let's take each of these very quickly and talk about how you, Professor Plum, as a planner, as, a, as a, somebody who looks at this stuff, how you might uh, manage those risks. Sure. So the first one was um, investment losses. Well, investment losses can be managed in a couple of different ways, and it depends on the individual. I have met individuals who are very risk averse, and they really cannot handle downturns in the market. So they have to avoid investing in a manner that would subject themselves to that risk. That means they need to save more, and they know it, but I've met people that say, look it, I will not accept loss on these. I cannot. I, I, I just, negative numbers on my statement just hurt. <laughs> yeah. And so they have to then invest in ways that there is no loss of principle anywhere in there. So, but they understand that they have to give up potential returns over longer periods of time to be able to get that safety. And that safety is the most overriding concern. Now, other people will look at it and say, I need to make sure that this money is available for me 15 years from now, 20 years from now. I don't necessarily need it today. And so this comes down to how do we invest? How do we manage risk? If we need to get that rate of return, some people can't afford to put all their money in safety and be able to live off that way. You know, they have a, you know, three, like the gentleman called us on the air a couple of years back, said he had $300,000 and needed 30000 a year and he went, didn't want to take any risk. Yeah, good luck. That's, you're going to be dwindling that 300 pretty quickly. Tell me you're going to die in 10 years or so, and then <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll be all right. But but so some people understand that they do have to get some kind of rate of return. or And so now it's just a matter of how do we manage it? We manage risk in a couple of ways. One, by diversification, and one by time horizon. Now, neither one of those are guarantees. Neither one of those will guarantee a positive return over any particular period of time. Now, over a year you know, two years, three years, short-term time horizons in the market, you are not going to be able to guarantee any particular portfolio or program is going to guarantee a return. Well, the only thing you can do, as you just said a moment ago, is to put somebody in something that, that's guaranteed not to lose That money. has an underlying guarantee from the government, from an insurance company, exactly. from some other area. Exactly. But assuming that that's not the case, short-term, yeah. now you, you, you can't But if we're that. trying to get that rate of return so that we can build the portfolio over time, that we can also offset inflation over time. That was one of the other ones. So, the, the, yeah, like you said, you do group these. You have to get that better rate of return. The only way to get the better rate of return is to accept some amount of risk. And what kind of risk? There's lots of different types. But time tends, not always, but tends to be a great factor in helping reduce risk in a portfolio. So far, <laughs> can't tell you what the future holds, an, SM, an index, you know, a large enough. Yeah. You could have one stock that doesn't recover. It may go down and never come back up. But generally, if you've got a diversified portfolio, give it enough time. Yeah, now the past does not guarantee anything in the future. And the question is, 
what is that time period? Well, exactly. So, so when you talk about protecting against investment losses, you're gonna you got to look at the time period. Yes. If I want to protect against losses over the next week, put it in something guaranteed. <laughs> the next year, put it in something guaranteed. Two, three, four years. Even that. Yeah. Even that. I mean, we can go as far as depending on how much risk, if any, you're willing to accept. We've had ten year periods of time in the stock market where the stock market did not create a positive return. There are not many of them. But there have been 10-year-plus periods of time. We, so what risk are you willing to accept? That's why we typically look at 15 years, which is not a guarantee so, for anything that's invested in pure stock. So very quickly, if somebody says, well, I, I want to protect against investment, I want to manage risk against investment losses over the short term, you're going to go with something that's, that's, that's got some guarantees. You have to have some kind of a guarantee. If I want to say over 10 years, you... Now you can... Ex- you, and you how can, much risk are you willing to accept? You want right. a, a 90% chance? You want an 80% chance? I mean... You, you can't know. guarantee 100% no. unless you decide to go with the same stuff that yeah, you unless did Unless you have an underlying guarantee. Right. Um, so that's something. And then over 15 years. Of, so this this is how this is how a planner folks would uh, manage investment losses. Now, a catastrophic health event we've talked about before, we don't need to get so much into it. Health I insurance, think, long-term care insurance. I think those are the two obvious ones. Health insurance certainly, I think people understand that one. <laughs> and I'd laugh at you, of course. <laughs> but uh, health insurance is um, more for the short term, I think. It's it's the immediate term. Yes. While it does go on for a long time in many it can, cases. Yes. Uh, for for workers, disability insurance is very important because, yeah. especially somebody who's not retired, obviously they're working. the The further away you are from retirement, the biggest asset that you have is your ability to earn an income, cover the current bills, and maybe save a little bit of money. Yeah. You take that away. Not only do you not have much of a retirement, if any, you don't have much of an ongoing life either. Well, that's just it. Your your insurance company will pay a death benefit if you're dead. They won't pay it if you're just disabled. And they won't pay it unless you keep up paying the premiums, unless you have a waiver of rider. Well, waiver exactly. Rider, now we did t- talk about long term care and link benefit. You can podcasts, actually, yeah. you can structure it where that may be able to take care of it. But but again, that's the management of that long term care, disability, and uh, health insurance are the three big ones for that. Now, as far as managing cuts to Social Security, the cuts if there are ever cuts to Social Security. And I don't know what they mean by a cut, but... Well, one of the cuts they're talking about would be a, redu- a reduction in the COLA. Cost of living adjustment. Uh, changing the way the COLA is calculated so you won't get much of a COLA going forward. Hey, you're not getting much of a COLA now. You really aren't when you I think about it. I mean, we did get it. a one... Or we do... We will be getting a 1.6% COLA as of January. But that also is a gross amount. And you won't necessarily see the whole 1.6% increase because Medicare is expected to go up, too. I haven't seen those numbers yet. Yeah, I haven't seen them yet either, although maybe by the time this podcast airs, we'll have those. But but as far as managing that risk, I mean, there's really not a well, whole I mean, lot. And it also depends on how much money you have as an overall income. Yeah. They're not going to cut your Social Security if your 50, 60, 70% of your income comes from Social Security. I mean, you would hope not. I, I can't imagine them cutting grandma's Social Security when that's her lifeblood. In fact, many of the proposals that I've seen from the one side of the house, uh, they want to increase it for lower income people. 
Yeah. They want to increase it for surviving spouses. Yeah, which is a great idea. And the the um, for people that need it the most. Absolutely. I mean, because those are those That's are not cu- a cut. <laughs> those are customers that drive businesses, which drives the economy. Those are uh, customers that drive votes, is what it is. That's what they're- well, but but the economy seems to be the biggest driver of votes, and so if you can get the economy going, that's the whole point. Uh, but as far as that goes, there's not a whole lot you can do. You can work around it. If you're on Social Security, as you said, we're, I don't think we're going to see any and cuts the most for that. People, the people that are most susceptible to cuts in the Social Security, which I don't believe are going to happen, are the ones that have asset, well, have income. It's harder to deal with assets. Well, it is. And if they're going to make cuts, they're, they're going to look at assets or income like they do with the Medicare surtax. Exactly. But anyway, so Social Security. Okay, so here's another one uh, quickly, uh, a fear that they have. Uh, inflation eating away at spending power. Now, you know something? That goes back to the very first one. <sighs> Losses. Because the only way to offset inflation is to grow your portfolio. And so the only way to grow your portfolio is to have risk management well, in the portfolio. You know, Rick, it is. But at the same time, we're talking about somebody in retirement. And inflation eating away at your spending power. We have seen many, many cases where maybe your spending power goes down, but you're not spending as much by the time you're in your 80s. Well, that's true. Inflation does affect pretty much everything you buy. I mean, it's just that as you get into your 80s and 90s, you don't buy as many things. Right. And it's not because you don't want to. It's just you don't. Uh, Unfortunately, people don't go out to eat as much. They don't travel as much. They don't as they're getting older. Now, from 60 to 70, 60 to 75, 80 even, Mm -hmm. there's probably some inflation issues in there you have to worry about. But as you get older, as you go through what we have seen now, this is just from hands-on experience, is that people at some point, their spending flattens out. Even though everything they're buying costs a little bit more, Mm -hmm. they're just not buying as many things. They're still wearing the same clothes that they had for the last 20 years. We cannot get them to go shopping. That's true. They find a year that there was their peak year. It was comfortable. Right, yeah. It's 1971. There you go. It's coming back in style. There's your year. (laughs) Dad, you're going to keep all your clothes from 1971. Uh, But inflation is not as big a deal as some people make it out to be. I think it's a bigger deal in the early years of retirement. Sure is. Which is nice because it hasn't had a a huge compounding effect yet. If it was a bigger issue in the later part, then it's a problem because it's had years to compound. But it's more in the first first five to ten years of retirement that I've seen. Uh, exactly. Uh, the so one expense I, that does go up later in life healthcare. is healthcare. Healthcare, and we talked about managing that risk. Right. So there are ways to uh, to do that. We people talk sometimes about well, I, you know, there's a seems to be some sort of rule going around that you have to you can take four percent out of your portfolio, but then you can also inflation you, you have to I- I increase it by two percent every year, every other year because it's not you know thirty years from now you're going to need way more money than you need now. That just hasn't been the the real life case that we've found. Well, and when they did the study, uh, when Mr. Benjamin did the study about the four four it's like four and a half percent rule. They increased the distribution with inflation CPI every year, and and came up with that ninety seven percent you know likelihood of maintaining a portfolio back. This was done in the nineties, but yeah, they, we just haven't seen have the need to increase it by an exact CPI every year going in. Like I said before, in many cases, it's much more than that in the early years and much less later on. Yeah, that every year calls and said, "What was CPI last year? Increase my distribution by that amount." And that was it. I think that's, you know, people on fixed incomes oftentimes have Social Security as their main, if not their only source of income, or most of it. Well, with Social Security, if you do have bouts of inflation, it's supposed to, and it will, at least increase your cost of living. Yeah, you will get an increased benefit. You will get an increased benefit to help offset that. So even then, I don't think it's all that big a deal. I mean, it is, but it is. But even then, everybody has a different spending habit. 
And so how much inflation is affecting you? You may be uh, impacted by inflation significantly more than somebody else because of the way you do things, what your habits are, what your goals are, what you're doing. Sure. You may be into the things that are growing in price very quickly. Others, other people may not have that same issue. The hobbies that they have may not have the same inflation factor to it. So it's very independent, very specific to the individual in a lot of cases. It's funny. A lot of the younger people say, what inflation? What? Yeah. What is that? 2%? Oh, it gets up wow, to that's, 3%. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Try living way back. When, <laughs> way back in our day. Way back in our day. So those are the fears that they have. We've talked about this. Fear of outliving your savings. Well, Professor, this sort of goes, uh, that, that covers all of these. But when you talk about the planning process. When you talk about a fear of investment losses, you just structure your portfolio such that you, the, the, the time horizon that's available to you to either set up some guarantees or accept a little bit of risk, but have time mitigate that risk. Catastrophic health event. Well, we talked about long-term care. Life insurance, of course, part of that, but disability, uh, disability insurance and things like that. Cuts to Social Security. Well, probably not going to happen while you're getting your benefits, but you can plan to in 20 years not to get as much, I suppose. And inflation, really not an issue for retirement that we have seen, at least not over the course of an entire uh, retirement. Right. You don't have to build it in each and every year for the next 30 years if you're 65. No. You can do it for the next 10 years if you like, but real life dictates that it's not going to happen. So... Uh, oh, we're out of time. Well, how do you like that? We're, That's quick. We're, did we run out of money before we ran out of time? <laughs> i got to put another quarter in. All right, look, if you want to know more about this, this all comes under the planning uh, umbrella. We talk about, we didn't even get into guaranteed income so much, uh, ways to create guaranteed income. Maybe we can do that in a future one. Those are all very, very good topics. But if you need help with any of this stuff, the planners, Professor Plum, and all the others at Lucia Capital Group, stand by. They are here to help you out. 800 644 I want to give you their phone number, 800-644-1150. Give them a call. You can talk to them about this. You can meet with an advisor, get a strategy put together, or just email them, contact them. Visit the website for this podcast, luciacap.com. Out of time for Professor Plum. I'm Johnny Dean. This has been Managing Your Financial Future, the podcast. We'll talk to you again next time. The information provided should not be considered specific tax, legal, or investment advice. It is not intended or written and cannot be used for the purpose of avoiding penalties imposed by law. You should seek independent advice from a tax professional. This material was gathered from sources believed to be reliable. Its accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Different types of investments and or investment strategies involve varying levels of risk and there can be no assurance that any specific investment or investment strategy, including the investments purchased and or investment strategies devised by Lucia Capital Group, will be either suitable or profitable for a client's or prospective client's portfolio. Thus, investments may result in a loss of principal. Accordingly, no client or prospective client should assume that the presentation or any component thereof serves as the receipt of or a substitute for personalized advice from Lucia Capital Group or from any other investment professional. Lucia Capital Group is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. SSA website is at www.ssa.gov or call 800-772-1213 to speak with an SSA representative. Examples cited are hypothetical, are for illustrative purposes only, are not guaranteed, and subject to potential federal and state law amendments. There is no guarantee that you will achieve the results discussed or illustrated. Diversification does not guarantee a profit or protection from loss. Indexes are unmanaged and one cannot invest directly in an index. Long-term care coverage policies and provisions may not be available in all states. Approval may be subject to the terms and conditions of the insurance company. The investment professionals are registered representatives with and securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. Lucia Securities LLC was acquired by LPL Financial August 2020. The investment professionals of Lucia Securities LLC are now affiliated with LPL Financial and are conducting business using the name Lucia Capital.